Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike show. Hey. Put a little I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Very excited to talk to Brett Coleman again. I think it might have been August when last Brett was on with us. Brett and I, I'm not sure how much we have in common. One thing is we're both followed on Twitter by Dick Butkus. Brett, what is oh, Dick? Well, how about that? What is Dick Buck is doing on Twitter? Like he, you know, he's he's, he's go bears. That's for sure. Uh, what is he doing following? Well, what is he doing following me? I guess I want to know. Uh, but maybe you have a re- you you have an understanding of why Dick Buckus has shown an interest in you, other than your excellent film analysis. I mean, I do talk quite a bit about the bears, so that probably has something to do with it. But you know, Dick's living his best life. He, he tweets every now and then. He's- Rouse up Packers fans. Like he's got a pretty good life. He's good on there. You know, he he's, he can be feisty. I remember when I first saw he was on there. It was it was funny. Like, oh, this is for real. Uh, but may, maybe things have calmed down a little bit. Well, Brett, I remember talking in the summer, and then shortly after your visit to our show, I saw you know you went to I think Bills Rams for the opener, and then to Seattle, and maybe another game or two, maybe Dallas in between. Yeah, ironically, even though I live in Southern California and I'm not a Bills fan, I saw more Bills games than any other team last year because I, I went to the opener in L.A. Um, and then I was at uh, the Miami game in week three um, where, you know, half the roster was <laughs> dropping like flies because of the heat. And then I, I went up to Buffalo for, uh, for, for Packers Bills and had my first uh, Bills game at home, which was wonderful. That night is interesting to think about because it was week seven, maybe, seven or eight, They'd beaten Kansas City. Everything looked fine. And the Packer game was, okay, well, the Bills won sort of smoothly against Green Bay, you know, and we're still adjusting a little bit to this new Bills life where, like, that kinds of that kind of thing is happening. They, they just sort of win very, very casually against teams quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers, for example. But we didn't like that game very much, Brett. Like, the, the, the second half was kind of choppy and a couple of picks. And that really, I don't know if this would surprise you, but... That really, that really set the rest of the season up. Like the Bills won almost every week, but we were w- worried about them. And then in the playoffs, I mean, what a what a dud. So as you think back on the season, process the season, were you worried for the Bills like that? You know, it was one of those where we saw the problems in that game that kind of became the prevailing 
narrative, right, which is, hey, this team ranks really high defensively, but they can't stop the run when they absolutely need to stop the run because the Packers were, were really running all over them in that game. And, you know, it's, okay, the offense is working, but Josh can't stop making these really boneheaded turnovers that just ruin really good drives. And, again, they were still winning because the overall team is still great and they're well coached and everything like that. But those two issues just kind of stuck in the back of my head of like, hey, if they don't address that, it's going to get them beat in January. And then, of course, we get to January and they can't stop the run and there's some really bad turnovers and they end up getting beat. And it's it was kind of a, I don't want to say a lost season, but it felt like a season that, that was not capitalized on like it should have been. And we, we can blame different things for that. Obviously, there was a lot of you know, emotional things the team that the team went through and there were a lot of injuries, but it still felt like, you know, if you're a if you're a Super Bowl contender, your Super Bowl run shouldn't come down to whether whether or not Daquan Jones is healthy. Mm. And that's what it felt like it did. And I feel like, you know, if you're really a Super Bowl contender, you could you should be able to win a game without Daquan Jones and they just couldn't. And it's something that really should be addressed this offseason. With Brett Coleman, I'm Mike Shope here on WGR. Bulldog is out today. So the here's another sort of looking back to get your outside perspective, Brett. Like the last two or maybe even three drafts. I mean, I'm in here. I'm not the only one, but it's not like necessarily a majority of fans are like, okay, wide receiver. Because oh, why, why wide receiver? I'm first in the league in passing yards and Stephon Diggs and look at Davis. And it's like, well, for me, it's because you can never have enough. And it's fragile. And what do we see this year? You're talking about sort of your fears coming to fruition with them. I mean, they're going back into the alumni pile for John Brown and and Cole Beasley in the end. They knew they were in some trouble. And in that game against the Bengals, 10 points without even really turnovers. This year, I think everybody's on the same page, at least out here. Are you? I mean, is is this the year the Bills get wide receiver, like a a first-round pick for Josh Allen? I, I still don't think that they take a receiver early, um, mainly because, again, there's there's other stuff that has to be addressed too, right? Like, I don't necessarily think, you know, the receiving core was the reason why they lost in the playoffs. It was the fact that they literally couldn't stop the run without Daquan Jones. Like, when he got hurt, I, w- I immediately had really pretty heavy concerns, and then that, that unfortunately proved to be true. Like, I think they might invest more <laughs> – as painful as this might be for some Bills fans, because it's going to happen again, I think we might see another defensive line pick early. Um, you know, maybe depending on what happens with Edmonds, maybe they look at linebacker early. But it, it is kind of interesting how even though the defense was so highly ranked, because of injuries, they kind of fell apart when they needed to, you know, to really be the backbone of the team, and they just weren't deep enough. And so I could see them investing there and then, you know, looking at receiver on day two again to try to round out the room. But the only guy, if they did take one in the first round, the only guy that I would really be super interested in is Zay Flowers, but I just don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be long gone to either New England or, or, you know, maybe the Ravens or the Chargers. If he's there, sure, sign me up for that. But I just, I don't, I don't think the, the talent fit is going to match up well for the first round. He's kind of got a bullet right now, doesn't he, Flowers? Like that, there's there's recent hype. I mean, it's been Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Addison, Flowers. There's some Jalen Hyatt hype too. Like, are those all first round picks? 
for me, Hyatt is a no. Um, not that he's not fast. Like, he, he really is fast. I know a lot of Bills fans would be interested in that because Josh can throw a country mile. But at the same time, you look at Jalen Hyatt, like, pretty much all of his snaps were not against press coverage. I can count maybe on one hand the amount of press coverage snaps I saw him play. And the majority of that offense, it was, hey, we're going to line him up like three yards away from the boundary in these super wide splits. And we're running all this, you know, like slot vertical choice stuff from like the Bryles tree. And none of it really translates to the NFL. Like you don't really make your living in the NFL, not only off that type of split, but off that type of concept, not against press coverage. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. So for me, Hyatt's not a first-round pick. doesn't mean he won't go in the first round, but I just I wouldn't do it. Like For me, the only like surefire first-round receivers are Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Addison's more of a slot guy. Zay can kind of play anywhere. You know, Even Quentin Johnston, he, he's kind of a weird profile um, where he's 6'4", and he's fast, and so you kind of expect him to be this you know big, tall ball winner, but – like he's got a 35% contested catch rate, which is super low. Like mm. typically a number one receiver in the NFL is like 55 to 60%. He's not really a ball winner and he's not a super refined route runner either. And his kind of best play is I'm going to catch a hitch and make a dude miss and run. And again, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL as much. So I just, I don't think this is the receiver class for the bills to hit receiver early. I think it's, you know, we, we try to improve the run defense again. We get our guys back healthy. We build our depth because last year, unfortunately, they just couldn't survive the injuries where they needed to most. Okay. Well, our uh, our bandwagon is tapping the brakes here, Brett, and that's fine. Uh, much respect for your, for your insight. Brett Coleman, our guest here on WGR. Let's talk about some of the more interesting, I mean, some very interesting situations around the league. And while we're on the draft, let's start at the top of the draft. What's your prediction for the Bears? Uh, I think the Bears are going to trade down. Um, I think they're fully invested in Justin Fields. Uh, he's more talented than any other quarterback in this class anyway. Um, and I think that we kind of saw them really commit to him last year. You know, they kind of changed the offense in the middle of the season to lean into what they could do, which was run the ball. Um, they know they didn't have enough weapons. They know their pass protection was still shaky. So they did what they could, and I don't think you spend a second-round pick on Chase Claypool if you don't believe in Justin Fields, right? I, I think okay. they were consciously trying to make an effort to surround him with weapons. So I think they pass on the opportunity to get a new quarterback. They trade down with, say, the Colts or somebody like that, and they probably take either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at that four spot. You say you think in that, maybe the first thing you said, Brett, like fully committed to Fields. Of course, it's typical for this time of year to hear all kinds of different reporting on that. You know, you've got Jason Lockenfora, for one, saying he's got more than one GM expecting them to trade fields. Is that just sort of the game at play? Yeah, I I wouldn't really believe that. Um, I, I just think that they're trying to drive up the price right. personally. You know, I it's nothing against C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis. Like, I've been watching Bryce Young since he was in high school because he went to my high school, so I would go down on Friday nights and watch him play. All right. He's always been that dude. Like, I love him, but Justin Fields is a freak of nature, right? Like, he's huge, he's fast, he's got a great arm, great in the locker room. There's just no reason to move on from him. And I would use, you know, there are different types of players, but I would use the Josh Allen example of, like, hey, Buffalo had a chance to move on from Josh Allen. There was a couple years there where fans were like, hey, we 
believe it's going to work, but it hasn't quite worked yet. All of a sudden, they get the investment behind it. You know, there's the trade for Stephon Diggs, and they hit on some picks like Dion and all that. The structure comes together around him. They get Dable, and then he's an MVP caliber player. It just took a few years to get there. I think that's what the Bears are hoping for as well. Of Hey, we have a great guy who's super talented. Let's do the Josh Allen thing and get a structure around him and see what he can do. This is the year, though, isn't it? I mean, year three, oh, sure. and they, they had it with Trubisky where here they were, were invested, different regime, but second overall pick, and they're like, no, we can't do it. The fifth-year option, we can't do it. So for Fields, like he has to, he has to make a Josh Allen-like leap. Oh, for for sure, and you know, I think Allen's leap was year three, if I recall. Year three, too. like yep. twenty twenty, right? Was when he really popped off. But like we saw it in twenty nineteen, like we saw the potential, we saw the crazy plays, like we knew he could get there. They just had to make a couple moves to to give him what he needed, and thankfully they did. I think the Bears are going to try to do the same thing with Brett Coleman. So, how about the Giants here? Um, franchise tag speculation there too. Daniel Jones, speaking of fifth year option quarterbacks, Saquon Barkley. I mean, Brett, like this is Bill's guys who went to the Giants and Joe Shane is GM. And not to just give them too much benefit of the doubt, but I can't believe they would pay up for Saquon Barkley. Like the the Bills did draft their running backs. We're not I'm not even sure that's over. So they've made a, a pretty fair investment into that position, but Man, like they got a lot of credit in New York. Dable too. I don't see paying up for Barkley as really part of the equation. How about you? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on what the plan is with Daniel Jones, right? Because there's the report that came out of like they're asking for forty five million. They're not gonna get forty five million. Like to me that was a strategic leak, likely on the side of Daniel Jones' agent of Hey, we're we're asking for forty five so we can get thirty eight, mm-hmm. which even then thirty eight is still pretty egregious for me. But if you're paying that much to Daniel Jones, I don't think you can also, you know, pay a whole bunch of money long term to Saquon. Like I, I just I don't think that's smart roster building to pay a premium price for a non premium quarterback and to reset the market or running back in the same offseason, even if that running back was like the main reason you made the playoffs. I just I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. So I think Saquon ultimately will hit the market. Um, whether or not Daniel Jones hits the market, I have no idea. But I think Saquon will, you know, kind of tying this back to Buffalo. If they want to make a run at him, that would be great. I have no idea where they're going to find the money. Um, but, boy, I would love to see it just from a, a fan's perspective because I think Allen and Saquon and Diggs all on the same team would be super fun. Yeah, like there is still, with even with the – Day two picks the Bills have poured into running back. They're still not really there yet, and to, to say the least. I mean, Cook did okay, but Brett, I can't see. I have a bet with coworkers. I can't see James Cook being like their number one next year. But it is a second round pick, and teams do want to salvage that. He wasn't bad either. I think some whether it's Barkley caliber or not. I think someone else is in here. Maybe even Singletary. Yeah, you know, I always have loved Devin Singletary. The fumble issue has been the thing, right? Um, but he runs really hard. He's got great contact balance. Like, he's a solid player. But I think a lot of fans have been hoping and wanting and wishing to get that three-down guy that you can leave in there in any situation and run any type of concept and, and not have to, you know, basically have this island of misfit toys where everybody has 
you know, a very narrow role. I think they want somebody who, who can do everything, whether or not that's Saquon or, you know, maybe they draft Bijan. I have no idea. But I do think that that is something the fans have wanted for a long time, and they've spent some picks on guys. They thought they could do it, and it just it never really worked out. I, I still don't necessarily think they will invest super heavy in it this year, but I could understand the frustration leading to them doing that overcorrection and either paying Saquon or drafting Bijan Robinson. There are some really nice running backs later on, aren't there, though? I mean, they Charbonnet. I mean, if, if round three or somebody, someplace for a guy like that, I mean, that's kind of what they've been doing, and maybe that's our compromise here. There's some good players. Yeah, and one to keep an eye out for is uh, Tajay Spears from yep. Tulane. Um, he is just so fun. He's incredibly explosive. Measured in a lot heavier than we expected. You know, he's listed at 195, showed up as a senior bowl at about 205, and was still just roasting everybody. I think he provides that receiving component that James Cook has, but he's a better runner as a prospect, uh, in my opinion, than James Cook was. Nothing against James Cook. Um, I think he was just a little bit, a little bit one-dimensional of a player. Like the thing he did well, he did very well, but he didn't do everything well. I think Spears is more well-rounded, and I think he's a true three-down back. I would, I would love to see him in Buffalo. And you don't have to spend a super high pick on him. Like he's probably going to be a day-two guy. So if we want to do another day-two running back, like Tajay Spears, I think is, is one that would fit wonderfully in the Bills offense and potentially you know be that number one guy they've been looking for I like it the three down back I mean it's appealing an appealing idea it's a pretty short list though isn't it I mean at least in terms of the veterans Josh Jacobs maybe qualifies for this Barkley for sure guys that would be available this year where you would think you know I I still don't think they want to reduce Cook Uh, there aren't many backs that would qualify I think am I wrong yeah, it, it is a pretty short list, um, and Jacobs is, other than Saquon, Jacobs is at the top of it, but he's not going to cost as much as Saquon. Um, and so, I again, if we're just talking about bringing him on like a mercenary deal or something like that, or if they need to save money, do like a one-year deal with some void year, like there, there's certain you know creative things they can do. If they want to get a 225-pound back that you know can run between the tackles and close out games and be a receiver and be a good pass protector – I could see them bringing in Josh Jacobs and just kind of throwing money at the problem as well. Um, but every dollar they spend on running back is something that they can't spend on, you know, either defensive line or bringing back Tremaine, you know, other moves that I know the fan base is, is super interested in doing. So it's all about resource allocation. Unfortunately, the Bills don't have help because of the center. So I'm fascinated to see what they do. Me too. Brett, uh, one more. Lamar Jackson. I just can't believe it might be in a situation here where both parties are kind of done with each other. I want to be careful to assume that, though, because it's the negotiation through the media and everything like that. Uh, Do you think that situation gets resolved, or is he out of there? You know, if I had to put a percentage to it, I'd say 60% he's out of there, 40% he's staying. Um it does kind of feel like the Ravens are bracing for a trade here. And there's a whole bunch of, of financial stuff that kind of goes into paying a quarterback. A lot of the league's owners are very mad at the Browns for, for how they structured the Deshaun deal because it was, it was outrageous for a lot of different reasons, but just the sheer amount of guaranteed dollars that had to go into escrow for that, for that contract 
a lot of owners can't afford that. Like they don't have a quarter billion dollars of liquid cash that, to go into an escrow account. Like they, they're all billionaires, but that's a lot of liquid cash that not everybody can like pull out of their assets to pay that. Right. And so a lot of the league's owners were really mad at the Browns for setting that precedent. And, you know, quite frankly, if there was ever a quarterback that was going to get that deal, Deshaun Watson, given the circumstances, probably should not have been that quarterback. And so every other quarterback around the league is like, well, if he got that deal, I want to get a quarter billion guaranteed too. And that's kind of like the <laughs> starting point. And again, it's, it's, it's very tough to pay that kind of money. Like the, the only reason the Bengals took the stadium naming rights deal was they had to generate cash. Like they needed cash to be able to pay Joe Burrow. That was why they did it. And so I think the the Ravens, you know, ownership, Steve Pashati, is very reluctant to put that kind of personal assets, personal liquid cash into an escrow account for a quarterback that has had availability problems for the last few years, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, a, it's a tough thing to, to say, hey, I need you to drain a significant portion of your personal wealth to pay a quarterback that might not be on the field. <laughs> So it, it, is a, it is a money thing. It truly is a money thing. And I think that there's a 60% chance that Lamar gets traded to an organization that is willing to do that. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. And I'm not 100% sure the Ravens are. Do you have a favorite or like a bet, a prop bet uh, favorite idea for him? Like which team might that be? Interesting how you're you're thinking about this in terms of like ownership and wealth as opposed to, I mean, I'm sure you'd think of the other things too, but like just what what kind of stability do they have at the at the quarterback position and, you know, uh, willingness to, to take these kind of risks, what kind of, where they are, where they are in the, the life cycle, the coach or the GM. So what, what fits the best that's realistic? Well, you know, you got you to gotta remember the Ravens really like Tyler Huntley. Uh, I don't think they would even be entertaining it if they didn't have Tyler Huntley. But they're, they're really big fans of him in that building, which kind of adds a little bit of extra element in here. Um, in terms of teams to watch out for, the Giants are going to pay somebody. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Daniel Jones or whether it's Lamar, it's going to be one of them. And so I'm curious to see what happens because if, if the difference between Lamar at $50 million Versus Daniel Jones at forty, like I think they might be willing to pay the extra ten million, right? Like I, I, I it, there's just something about that situation that makes me think if they're not paying Daniel Jones, they're gonna give that money to some other quarterback, and it's probably gonna be Lamar. Wow. Well, that would be insane. Brett, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your insight and your time, and uh, already, already looking forward to the next conversation if there'll be one. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Brett Coleman. On YouTube and on Twitter, at Brett Coleman, K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. The same 60-40. A lot of pride now because of that. A lot of pride now. The very same 60-40, he's gone prediction from Brett. Man, what a situation. 803-0550 for your calls. Some of these really almost gripping uh, NFL storylines. The Bills at running back, at wide receiver. Here's Brett saying, like, I don't think it's the year for wide receiver in the first round. And there are guys. Very interesting take. He says he thinks there's two. There's two receivers he'd be willing to say are first round picks for sure. Zay Flowers and Addison. Those were the two. Interesting. Good stuff from Brett. Also, the Sabres and their game with the Leafs tonight talked a lot in Hour 1 about how it's the only Toronto game. How did we get here? Got a better idea for the schedule. There has to be one. The NHL is always sort of going back and forth with it, but it's really it's a shame and it's also just weird that this would only be the this would be the only visit by the Leafs this year. And last year they were only here once too. A little bit of an asterisk. They played a game outdoors in Hamilton that counted as a Sabre home game, but uh come on. There's so many games. Let's get Toronto in here more than once a year, I, I think. Lines open. Hope hope uh, some of you call in. Bulldog is out today. Scott Cullen, more on the Sabres and their playoff chances coming up in about 45 minutes. Mike Shope here, WGR. And I think what the Maple Leafs were doing was either looking to add some more consistent fourth-line forwards or add some forwards up in the depth chart that might push some guys down. And they've kind of accomplished both with this trade, actually. They bring in Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari, Two guys who are centers, two guys who have a lot of a playoff experience, two guys who have a bit of an edge, and two guys who will strengthen their forward unit. Fine. Makes tonight more interesting. Ryan O'Reilly on the Leafs. That's Elliot Friedman. The Sabres, a plus 145 underdog tonight against Toronto. The only 
trip this year for the Leafs to Buffalo. Weird. I've been talking a lot about that today. A couple of uh, tweets about it from listeners. If you would care to comment, go for it. 803-0550 is the number. Pre-game in less than two hours. Pat Malacaro will handle that tonight. Brian Koziol is uh, on vacation. It was just like rapid fire today. Bulldog out sick. Then I text Sal. He's like, I'm getting on the plane right as you start. So Sal's out. I wasn't even going to ask Sal, but, you know, Bulldog's out. So I'll see if Sal, because two days in a row, it's the offseason, but he's out anyway. And then I go to Brian for, like, pregame and maybe even a segment. He's like, I, I'm sorry, I'm in Florida. You'd expect, you know, wink, wink, you'd expect with Bulldog out that you were looking at three and a half hours of fantasy football here today with me. Uh, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't indulge quite to that extent. But Adam Krautwurst is in Florida. He's not our only fan, fantasy guest, far from it. But I just didn't even bother. Like, Adam's away. And I just... It, Sort of, you know, I'm sitting here like this, like, wow, I didn't see any of this coming. And so I text Trista, who's on every Tuesday. Sam's gone, right? The season ended, so Sam Monson isn't on. And I text Trista, who's still going to be on on Tuesdays. I'm like, Trista, at least I've got you. And she's like, I am literally lying on my bathroom floor sick right now as you text me. Like, I'm impressed that she did respond, you know, in that condition. So, man, it's been a tough one today. Hopefully you're doing well. Sabres and Leafs, 6.30 pregame, 7.30 ESPN+. Plus Should be a fun crowd, as always, when it's the Leafs. Six games in hand, by the way. What is this six games in hand business? How do you get to six games in hand? Okay, they had a bye week. They didn't have COVID shut down or cancel their games or anything like that. They haven't had any of that. How does the schedule, like the proper schedule, have us here? What is left? Is it two months? It's got to be about that. Maybe a little less? Their last game is on April 14th, so it's less than two months. And, you know, good for their chances, but they have six more games to play than the Islanders and the Panthers here in whatever it is, seven weeks or so? Like like almost one game more a week than those teams? That's not really fair. Well, give us something to complain about, right, if they don't make it? I got an email today from the Bisons that the Micah Hyde softball game is back this summer. That's good. I've been thinking a little bit about Micah Hyde that, um, you know, you've got an older player who's coming off a season-long neck injury. I wouldn't want to make any assumptions there. And that's really as far as it goes. It's just that they may lose Jordan Poyer. And that is May, by the way. That is not, like, definite. Although I've been... And I think most of us have been sort of assuming that he'll move on, but it's not a given. It's not a, it's not a definite. It could be like what Milano was when we thought he was going. But he's a free agent, Poyer, and I think he's he could do pretty pretty damn well on the market, as good as he is. That is obvious. And then Edmonds. And so, I mean, I still think that you're, you're talking about, again, a team that's right up there as a Super Bowl favorite. You might not want to hear it anymore as 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 much this year as opposed to last year, but they are, and that's not a team that backs up. They're just going to be challenged in a, in certain areas because of uh, the cap and free agent departures. It may be both of those guys. It still might, might be neither. We'll see. So 
it's not a team that's set up like we're we're gonna take a step back and a guy like Micah Hyde would then uh, maybe be a a victim of that. I don't expect that to happen, but just with his injury, want to want to make sure this. The point was actually I didn't even make it, but the the Bisons are promoting his softball game this summer, and that's a good sign. It's probably what would you agree? I, I don't know um, for sure. Maybe you'd want to ask me, but I. I I'm asking you, like, would that would they have had a conversation first? Like, are you going to be around? Is even with the Bills and the Bisons? I don't know, but um, it's been a nice event. So maybe maybe a good sign for him um, being back on the field, which most of us expect to be the case. How about Brett Coleman, though? I mean, great points. The Daquan Jones point is absolutely fair. I wish that I had put more effort into that before the game. His injury. Just not, didn't think about it a lot, and then the game came and went, and they had a big problem without him. But can you imagine, like, I have been talking, and any reaction to this, those of you who maybe are regular listeners, and it's been long enough now, this offseason, where Bulldog and I have had several conversations about the draft and free agency, just needs and that. And Sal's been on and callers have been on and it's kind of been, I've, I'm guilty of this, you know, cause this doesn't have to be right. But there, there was a guy who called in maybe Monday or last week, just I'm worried, you know, they, they've got to draft a wide receiver. And my vibe is kind of like, don't worry about it. And I set it up in my question to Brett, like, come on, this is where everybody, Taylor Swift, sorry, everybody agrees that this is going to be, this is, all right, we're there now. They, they didn't want Elijah Moore. They needed defense. You know, the other guys didn't get to Pickens or Sky Moore last year. Uh, uh, Elam, you know, instead of those guys, or Christian Watson later in the first round. Okay, you know, you needed pass rush. I get it. You needed a corner. I get it. Now, come on. But here's the other, here's the other argument, and Brett made much of it. How did they lose? Yeah, 10 points, and that's where I go first. But they couldn't stop Cincinnati on the ground, and they couldn't get the ball and do anything. And Cincinnati, you know, Bulldog would say they could have scored a lot more points if they needed to in that game, maybe. But, you know, it was just sort of smooth sailing for them. And so that's right. And if they lose Edmonds and or Poyer, that's more reason to think. Even pass rush, dare I say it, because that part of their team didn't get the job done that day either. I have taken, you know, sort of sort of cold water to the face here on this this thinking from that conversation. Because he's right. Any of those things, in terms of their defense, are valid for thinking they could want to address that again in round one. And as far as wide receiver goes, well, I mean, is it a crisis? Diggs is back, we assume. I'm not expecting any sort of equivocation on that. If he enters decline, then he does, but that wouldn't be the expectation. So I've got Diggs as Diggs. I've got Davis. Was Davis bad? No, he wasn't really bad. You wanted more. We all wanted more from Davis. We wanted more consistency, just more production, frankly, from Davis. But you, know, you look at his numbers, and it looks like kind of a wide receiver too. You know, it, he, he didn't take off. After the playoff game he had in Kansas City, but 
he wasn't a disaster or anything like that, and the Bills would still be hopeful for him and like him and Allen too. So you have Diggs, you have Davis, you have Knox, and then maybe that's free agency or maybe that's Khalil Shakir or maybe that's another day two or even day three pick. That's what they've done. And you can think of that like I tend to as circumstances. Running backs have been day two. Wide receivers have been day three. Defense has been day one. And that's circumstances. That's players and needs and opportunities, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But that can also just be philosophy. That wide receivers in, in the fourth round are undervalued. Our running backs in the third round are undervalued. These kinds of things. I mean, the Bills would have, Brandon Bean would have opinions like that. And so he's been here long enough where maybe that's the right way to analyze it, is that this is what they've shown are their philosophies when it comes to the draft. It could be that, some part that at least, but also some part circumstances. Who are the players? Where are the strengths and weaknesses on the board? And just what uh, what's best for us, ultimately. But I, I do have to admit, like I'm taken aback a little bit because, uh, and it's it's good because it's wrong to assume and it's too early and the Bills will have other needs this year. In fact, more than last year. So I guess defense is possible. The NHL season will be over barely by the time of the uh, NFL draft. Well, two weeks, end of April. Sabres and Leafs tonight downtown. Scott Cullen coming up in about 20 minutes. Bulldog is off today. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Welcome back. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is out. Expect him here tomorrow, and I won't be. Not that I feel something coming on. It's that uh, my son and I are taking a trip to the D.C. area for some lacrosse for a week. He has fallen in love with the sport. It's funny, he played as a young kid. He might have been six, maybe five, but I think he was six when we started playing, when he started playing with Tuscarora. And he was not, uh, like, he was behind. He was behind. He didn't know the game very well at all, and some of these kids he was teamed up with were just incredible. And so, you know, he my, my story about him is, like, his his coach, who I came to really like, get to know well, um, you know, I'm sort of, I was worried for my son, like, is he over his head? And through another friend, I remember sitting right here, so so many of these moments in my life have happened sitting in this chair, uh, just he texted me because I was not at this practice, and my friend texted me having spoken with the coach about him, and my friend told me, coach says, don't worry about it. He's fast, strong, and brave. He'll be fine. I can do the rest. And so... He didn't just like completely take off, but after not playing for a year or two, then he suddenly fell into a group of friends that were all playing together, and it started to be the thing I needed to see was, and I kind of learned this from Bulldog a little bit, I needed to see him really sort of want to do it on his own. Like I never wanted to be the parent who sort of forced it on him. You, That has such a bad reputation. There are plenty of stories and maybe as adults some of them are our stories of our parents sort of making us do something and then coming to really love it and appreciate it but you also hear the opposite and so I just you know what we're gonna try him out in all these different sports and see what he likes and this is where we are so for Christmas you got tickets to this it's on ESPN 2 tomorrow at uh, 5 30 the first one of these games 
It's an outdoor league playing an off-season indoor tournament. And he got tickets to all these games, and he and I are going. He and I have never taken a trip where it's just us, somehow. (laughs) So um, that's where I'll be tomorrow, making that drive. And he wants to go to Sheets. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Appreciate all the Sheets feedback yesterday. I'm not getting into Sheets versus Wawa. I have no opinion. I've may, maybe been to Wawa. I've been to Sheets maybe twice. I, I've no, I'm not... Uh, not your guy on that, but appreciate all the feedback there. Let's talk about Derek Carr for a minute. Scott Cullen coming up after the top of the hour to talk Sabres, Leafs, and the playoff chances. Six games in hand. Um, so Derek Carr, there's a report that he wants to sign before free agency opens. He's a free agent now. He can do that. That's like when before. That's when uh, other players' contracts run out. But he's been released. He's free to sign wherever right now. I think a couple of things. I think the Jets, who we just visited and reportedly are high on him, could really feel that they have to do this. Bulldog has made this point. It's excellent. That if Aaron Rodgers takes his sweet old time, and he'd have to be traded for anyway, the Jets might not think there's another option they that they like. And that is a team that absolutely has to get and is, should be expected to get the best quarterback it can get its hands on. They are perfect for that. Coach has been there. GM has been there. They've gotten nowhere. They have good players. They have the offensive rookie of the year. They have the guy who would have been the offensive rookie of the year had he not been hurt. And they have the defensive rookie of the year. Like, let's hit it. And they have Elijah Moore. So this is just like a perfect situation for them to do that. And is it... It's like being on a game show with Carr. Like, do you want Derek Carr? He's pretty good. Do you want this prize? It's pretty good. Or do you want to see what's behind the curtain? What's behind the curtain could be Aaron Rodgers, if that's even better. Or it could be a cow, like it used to be on Let's Make a Deal. Sometimes it was literally a cow. So the pressure's on the Jets. And they're the Jets, and this is the, this is a franchise that is known for this kind of move. Like, they get into spots, and, like, we got to just – it's New York, Let's go. The Giants are are in the playoffs. The Giants are getting all kinds of love, and they'll have their headlines. Let's 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 get in the game here. 
Zach Wilson embarrassed us. Let's get in the game. That's, I think, the vibe with the Jets. If I'm Derek Carr, I think I'd rather go to Carolina, though, which has enough good pieces. Not quite the same level of wide receiver overall young talent, but close. And they don't have the Bills. (laughs) They don't have the Bills in the division. Carr is year 11, and what is a quarterback remembered for? Winning. Playoffs. He's made the playoffs twice. One year he's hurt. One year they lost in the first round. I think that's it. So that's what's left for him. He's made tons of money. He'll make tons of money wherever he goes here. There's one thing that really would be on his mind, I think, if he's most guys, and that's winning games. Carr seems like a very sensitive guy. I have friends who he's blocked. And like, okay. But just for sort of being honest with their followers about Derek Carr, he like finds you and blocks you and gets mad. So he would seem like the type that would be like, this is what I have left to, to do in my career. And that that division, the NFC South, is so available, you're not guaranteed to win by going to Carolina. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But if I go to the Jets, I've, I'm in the conference of hell for quarterbacks. And just starting with Buffalo in my own division, yeah. I'd rather go to Carolina. And I bet Carolina would pay up. So I don't know if I drafted them. Yes, yes, I did. I think Carolina wants to be aggressive, too. Reich there also. They could go a rookie, but I think Carr is young enough and good enough where they would uh, maybe like that idea. All right, Scott Cullen coming up. Sabres-Leafs tonight. We'll talk about the Sabres, their playoff chances, and more NHL. Maybe some football, too, with Scott. He dabbles in other sports. We'll see. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is out today. This is WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 